You're listening to Cortez Radio, CKTZ 89.5 FM. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. The president of the Wilderness Tourism Association says ecotourism could offer communities a reliable and more environmentally friendly source of employment than either fish farms or resource extraction. There's some viable alternatives right there. They were given a fair shake. You know, if we had equal access to the land base and didn't get booted out every time a clear cut wanted to go in, it would be a much different scenario for what tourism could actually provide. Said Brianne Quinnell who's also one of the co-owners of Spirit of the West Adventures on Quadra Island. Earlier this year, Quinnell told the Strathcona Regional District Board that wilderness tourism in the Discovery Islands brings in 40 to $50 million in direct revenue. This figure does not include the millions of dollars earned by hotels, motels, vacation rentals, restaurants, and other support industries. Unfortunately, she said, both the local and provincial governments currently focus on resource extraction. As rural communities, it's very important that we sit down and have discussions about what we want our communities to look like and how we're going to get there. And not every community is ready for full-blown tourism, nor is it ready for full-blown resource extraction. And I think it has to be an ongoing dialogue. And I think we're very fortunate to live in a place where our community has these discussions and talks about what its vision is for what we want our island to look like and how that affects the economy or how the economy affects how our island looks. And it is a delicate balance. Uh, and I think it's one that tourism is well positioned to support and is very open to having the dialogue with communities to talk about, well, what are the pinch points and how can we work through them and what are the ways that we can support each other and make sure that we have sustainable jobs for our communities that are leading to a better overall quality of life and you know, regenerative style tourism that's leaving places better than we found it rather than the status quo, which has typically been about extraction. There are a lot of pressures from resource extraction type industries. So whether it be forestry or mining, fish farming, all of these things do impact tourism. And it's important for our government and communities to recognize that everything is connected, you know, whether it be the ecosystem or business-wise, the decisions made to support one industry do impact another. And so as the tourism industry and as the Wilderness Tourism Association of BC, we're working with government frequently trying to help government understand what operating conditions are needed for tourism to continue to thrive in the province. So that largely is based around land use issues, uh, tenure, access and security to crown lands, working on legislation and acts to make sure that tourism is standing on the same footing or getting an equal shot at access to the land base of the province. And then also just helping folks understand that tourism isn't low-paying MIC jobs, as they call them, and not always seasonal, that tourism can provide meaningful contributions to a community in a year-round fashion. From a government perspective, it's largely at the provincial level that we need assistance. We need things like the Forest and Range Practices Act to be modified to not talk about things like the loss of timber harvesting land base and instead to look at it as the gain to the people of British Columbia by the use of the land. 
to not have forestry and mining and fish farming, all those things superseding tourism in every occasion, which they currently do. Over the years, we've dealt with many different forestry companies, but Mosaic or Timberwest in particular is one that I've had lots of experience with. And lines like, I don't have to be here. I'm here as a courtesy to have this discussion with you even when we could very clearly prove that the economic contribution from our use of a one hectare chunk of land in Johnson Strait was going to supersede the returns on a, of their 60-year rotation and harvest, even when you factor in stumpage and spin-off effects, different jobs that are related to the forestry industry, because tourism has that same spin-off calculator. And we were able to prove that our use of this piece of crown land was going to supersede any revenue potential, even at the highest lumber prices in less than three years. And they're on a 60-year rotation. But we thought that would ring well with government. But the way the legislation is set up, it's still that the tenure has been issued to the forestry. They're working on this 5, 10, and 100-year kind of level of planning. And that it didn't matter if there was this incredible other use, even though the mission of Crown Land is the best and highest use of the land for the people of BC. That didn't seem to matter because of the existing legislation. When we took it to the Forest Practices Board and talked about what the responsibilities of each of the district managers were. What have you done on the more local level? I did do a presentation on behalf of the Wilderness Tourism Association to the SRD about the importance of wild salmon to the tourism economy. Um, So what our ask was that they recognize that tourism is important to the local economy and that salmon are important to tourism and just to not come out in support of the continuation of the fish farms in the Discovery Islands to support the federal government's decision to remove them, as well as the First Nations decision in, in that community at the time. As a kayaking company, people come from around the world and around our country to see those beautiful and iconic species. So they come to see the whales and the bears and the large trees and the wide open spaces. And without wild salmon, all of those species would be impacted. So without wild salmon, the orcas aren't going to do as well. Without wild salmon, the bears won't be there. And all of those things impact the tourism industry quite substantially. If you look at any of the marketing that the province does, it's all about beautiful British Columbia and it's those iconic images of mountains and bears and kayaks and rivers and and orcas surfacing and humpbacks diving and flukes. Uh, And without that, their whole uh, sense of of branding of what makes this place so special is, is definitely impacted. I think the one thing I really want to stress is that wild salmon is beyond any job. You know, often we're throwing around numbers about comparing tourism jobs versus fish farming jobs or, um, you know, how fish farming has X amount of economic impact on communities. I think we need to look outside of ourselves and recognize that wild salmon are so much larger and so interconnected and such a part of the culture and history on this coast that it's not just about jobs. Well, that's something we should be considering as we're managing resources it is just a larger issue than all of us combined. So the Wilderness Tourism Association of BC is uh, hosting a campaign right now called hashtag belly up BC. And this is a campaign to stress the importance of wild salmon to the tourism economy in the province and recognizing that the tourism industry is also dependent on the wild salmon 
ecosystem. So we know that bears and whales and wolves and trees are all dependent on wild salmon, but so is the tourism industry. And this campaign is meant to highlight the fact that the tourism industry is a significant economic contributor to the province and that without wild salmon, it would be impacted. Salmon are such a backbone to so much on this coast that we can't risk any additional pressures on them at this point in time. You've been listening to an interview with Brianne Quinnell, president of the Wilderness Tourism Association, who believes with a little more support, wilderness tourism could be a reliable and more environmentally friendly source of employment than either fish farms or resource extraction.